Hello and welcome to Breaking the Pain podcast, where we will smash through some of the issues facing coaches today. Up on the pod, we've got Andy Stevens and Dave Sharkey. We're going to be chatting about all things theming and storytelling. I'll let them introduce themselves. Take it away, Andy. Uh, evening all. Thanks for having me on, Jess. Uh, so, Andy Stevens, uh, based down in Hampshire with Ellingham and Ringwood uh, Rugby Club primarily. I'm a freelance coach, so I uh, coach college teams and in schools as part of the All Schools programme and also various age groups at the club, uh, under 12s, boys, under 13s, under 15s and a dabble with under 18s girls as well. So that's me, just coach, 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 coach. Great, take it away Sharky. Um, thanks for having me on Jess, uh, really, really appreciate it, looking forward to, to delving into some of the stories uh, and the teams that you guys have looked at, but uh, my background is I'm a I'm an English teacher. Um, I've been teaching over here for for the last few years, and I've just moved school. I was previously uh, at Shiplake College for for a number of years, and I've just moved to Hampton School, uh, just in south southwest London. So I am also coaching a men's team in the the HAC, um, greatest club in the world uh, in London, and uh, yeah, loving that. So yeah, a bit of a bit of a uh, last two seasons been looking a bit of theming so as I said looking forward to seeing what we we, we dig up. Ace and Andy I want to come to you first if you were trying to describe theming to someone who'd never encountered it before in about two sentences how would you describe it to them? Can they be very long sentences? Of course it can. <laughs> um, I think it's it's the whole point of theming to me is uh a way of pulling a team together, something that resonates with all the players to give them a bit of a different focus from that traditional coaching. Um, we can all coach a team to catch pass and things like that, but building some kind of storyline that bonds all of those guys together um, and then all the girls and then drives them forward as a team. Um, that to me is what the theme's all about. It's given that kind of narrative alongside the coaching. Jackie, what about yourself? I think uh, theming is a is a unique way to um, to bring a group together and to kind of unify them w- with a purpose. Um, and I think by by telling stories, uh, it's lots of different stories in some cases or a broader story. I think you can uh, create a, ver- a very very unique experience for the individuals, uh, both for yourself, I think, as a coach, uh, and also for the, the the people again that you're going on that that journey with or, or you're telling that story to or um, really what you want is you want them to bring that story to life so it can be a, a, a pretty unique way I think to to convey stuff that maybe you're, you're doing anyway so you know Andy touched on aspects of you know the kind of the nuts and bolts that we'll do anyway um, but I think this can be a, a, a kind of novel way to package that. Okay, so what would you say to that that person that's trying to pick a theme for the first time what advice would you give to them about what to pick and and sort of what journey to go down well um i sort of i think i listened to sharky on uh i think it was a another podcast with rusty maybe rusty unsure um and it kind of blew my mind really the concept of it so then diving all over sharky's website and getting some ideas as to what a theme could do and what it could do for a team and how it could work. Then I started thinking about all these different great stories I've known in my time, like all the different, like the Apollo stories. Um, I mean, Band of Brothers to me would be a fantastic um, theme. Um, but then 
it's also trying to find some of that a bunch of I'm, I'm running it with my college team first so trying to find a theme that a bunch of 50 odd under 18s will just understand and grasp really quickly to get them on on track as quickly as possible was the thing for me so um i ended up with uh going on the boxing route um it's quite easy to sort of digest a game of rugby into the boxing theme obviously crusaders did it quite famously um and i know, I know other clubs that are doing it as well and it just to me it seemed a logical choice as soon as i mentioned to the guys about like, i want to run a theme and they were like huh so as soon as i said well this is how it's going to work and this is how i visualize it how it could potentially work for us they, they bought into it really really quick so if i was to sit there and try and explain you know half of them probably wouldn't even heard of shackleton let alone sort of <laughs> empathize with this story so to me that's it it's find something that would work for your players um they can buy into it really really quick and then we can just concentrate on moving forwards on it so, i don't know you sharky how do you how do you plan them so I'm, I'm I'm very lucky that you know stories are my day job, um, and I, I mean that I'm also very lucky in the fact that Irish people love spinning a few yarns as well. So uh, stories are sort of a maybe a, a cultural um, part of my DNA in many cases, uh, and talking nonsense is is certainly part of that. But um, yeah, as an English teacher, you know I, I sort of I, I analyze stories basically for a living. So um, I, I'm very fortunate with that, and that's something I'm 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 already quite interested in. Um, so for me, um, there's probably a lot of stories that maybe I've encountered that w- when I suddenly realized that actually I could use these outside the classroom, maybe in a rugby pitch, it sort of, uh, I suppose it opened up quite a few. Um, now, having said that, I- I'm a big believer, and this is something that I've definitely learned from from the last maybe year or so and writing up my, my um, sort of uh, framework for coaches if they were to use themes, because there wasn't something when I was trying to do this about uh, 14, 15 months ago. Um, so putting that out there and having conversation with coaches, my big advice would be is that make sure you know who you're pitching this to and make sure it's something that you think will have a bit of traction. Um, if they don't get it or you don't sell it enough to them or you've picked the wrong story, then you don't want to be that person banging on about whatever your theme is. Like in my case, it was Rockets with Apollo or it was Shackleton uh, with the HAC. And, you know, as I said before, you know, there was times maybe where it felt like maybe for some of the players that it felt like they were on the, the ice in the Antarctic stuck there uh, with me going on about Shackleton again and again. So my big advice would be when you're thinking of a theme is that um, think of who it is that you're, 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 you're pitching it to. Uh, what might they be interested in? What might stimulate them? Uh, because they've got to live it. Um, you know, you want to be one hell of a storyteller. Uh, you want to be one hell of a charismatic individual for you to push it and for them to buy in automatically. So I, I do think it takes time. Um, and it, it might be for everyone. And I mean that as coaches and players, you know, they, they mightn't, it mightn't resonate with them. Um, so I think it's just maybe just try, try, uh, trying it out. And again, I'm still so fairly new to this as well that uh, I'm learning a lot as I go. So I'm just I'm just curious if you were coaching um let's go with an an adult female team would you have kept how would you have approached the Shackleton story initially um would you have twisted it or would you have just like gone no Shackleton isn't going to work with this demographic let's try something completely different so to to to, to be blatantly honest um pitching starting a season with Shackleton and uh 
an epic failure or a success out of a failure mightn't be the best way to start a theme anyway. Like we did the Shackleton theme halfway through the season because we were in a relegation battle. Uh, that's why we came to it. Now, would I, you know, I suppose that's an interesting angle. Can you start a theme at any at any stage of the season? I I, I don't know. We we tried and it seemed to resonate with the guys and uh, not that it necessarily worked because the season got cut <laughs> cut short anyway and we got sent down. Um, but for me, um, I would I would like to think that if I was to pitch this to like uh, uh, you know uh, an adult uh, women's team that I, I I'd like to and I, I think it, irrespective of of gender or age, I think I would want to think what story is going to work with these people. So I've said this before that I wouldn't have done necessarily Apollo with the adults that I coached, and I wouldn't have done Shackleton with the the uh, school kids because they were in different situations. They're they're different stages of their development, uh, you know, uh, in terms of maturation and whatnot. They're in different stage in terms of the skill sets um, and the teams they're going to play and the challenges they're going to face. So one story isn't just perfectly easy to swap over. Now you could swap over, but you're going to have to bend a, a lot and you're going to have to twist and manipulate the story to to your own. And, and maybe if you can do that, as I said, if you're skillful enough to do that, then maybe go for it. But for me, Jess, I think you, you've got to really think about who's in front of you. Um, because if I thought the group, again, if I was coaching a, a women's team and I thought, do you know what? I think the lessons within the Shackleton story are going to resonate with them. Well, then I go with it. Um, if I was a few weeks in and go, Oof, I'm not sure this is really going well. Or, or they're coming to me saying, why are we talking about, you know, this guy in the Antarctic? Like if they didn't get it, then I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that I'd listen and I'd, you know, adjust, um, you know, accordingly. Andy, you got any thoughts on that? Would you adjust your boxing theme if it was if it was for girls? Would you maybe turn it into female boxing? Any thoughts on that? Um, again, as, as Sharky said, it, it's, getting that right story and the right theme for the players to make sure it works for them. I mean, if I was working with a an under-18 girls team at college, there's plenty of female role models in the boxing world you could use. I mean, I'm from the days of Nigel Benn and, and people like that. I used to watch, love watching The Dark Destroyer. I mean, you've got Nicola Adams um, and, and plenty of other people that you could use as your role models to sort of get that buy-in. So I mean, I've, I've prepared a, a when I'm actually finally allowed to sit 68 boys in a classroom and show them this theme um there's graphics there and the, the club colors are our kit colors are blue and white uh, sorry blue and green stripy shorts so the box has got blue and green stripy shorts big macho man kind of thing i mean those graphics could be tweaked to be a female boxer in a green and blue outfit um and it's just you could i think you could potentially adapt it for female players it's just getting those right kind of role models but again it's got to be that as long as it's the right buy-in there might be um, there might be a better team that you could think of um, have a look at who's doing well in the the female sports arena at the time and pick them in it might be rowing might be netball it could be another sport that's up there that's doing really really well you could take bits from and then kind of think right they've succeeded let's try and you know, mirror that but on a rugby field and see how we can do and move it all forward so I, I think there's potential to take any any theme and adapt it regardless of gender really um i mean one question i was going to ask sharky is the expert on this um at what age would you start theming or storytelling so i think um i i do think that you can actually 
scale this up or scale this down. And I think we, we might get to it at one stage where um, it depends how much of the theme, like how the big question I'd ask coaches, why do you want a theme? Now, if you want a theme because you saw Scott Robertson do it, well, you're not Scott Robertson. The t- team you're coaching are likely unlikely to be the Crusaders. Um, and so for many reasons, why do you think this is going to work? So feel free to try it out, but but ask why. So for me, I think you could use this with a with a young team. Like I do know of certain GPP programs that have used a, a kind of superhero theme with some of their younger um, age ranges or something like that. Like there's definitely stuff that you could do there. I know... Uh, there's a coach um, who's done like an Incredibles theme, like just specifically the actual Incredibles. Um, like that sort of stuff, I think, can could really bring to life a sport that for some kids they might be daunted by the fact that they're coming into it, that they're maybe new to it, um, that there might be size differences, the physicality or whatnot. So I, I definitely think you could you could definitely explore that. Now, moving from that all the way up to, let's say, the professional ranks, like you can tailor this and, and dial it up and dial it down, I would argue as much as you wanted, like you could have the theme uh, infiltrate all aspects of the club, of the, the language you use, of the totems or whatnot, or the experiences that you want to have. Or it could just simply be we call a couple of our moves or we have a, you know, we have a reference to the theme every now and again. Like that could be maybe a lighter note and then you could you could dial it up when you need it. Um, I thought you just to sorry to go back to um whether again the, the idea of like uh, female role models and male role models the the whole reason i'm actually in uh, i've actually kind of stumbled across theming was because of some of the work i was doing previously on uh, the idea of masculinity in rugby and part of what i wanted to do and i think this is important uh, is that uh, i wanted to put female role models in front of young men and i thought that was something that was uh, important for them to see so you know, we start, we we talked a lot about the the women's game. We would talk about uh, certain players or whatnot. We would look at we looked at the women's seven circuit, um, kind of in the aftermath of the Olympics and whatnot. And we looked at certain players there, and we kind of put now we analysed some of their games or some of the plays from a tactical point of view, and never mentioned in some cases that this was this was a women's game. Uh, we just went, okay, cool. Um, in what way are they going forward here? What's the defence like in this instance? Uh, how could we replicate what they're trying to do here? And we would show them a men's clip and a women's clip, put them side by side. So I think that's important. To go back to theming, would I automatically go into a women's uh, rugby team and put female role models in front of them? Well, I'd like to, but in the same, I mean, could they learn from maybe the men's and also could young men learn from the, the women's game? So I think, again, it would come down to what they wanted because I, like I've never, I, I've, I've, I've coached, um, I've helped Anna uh, Stotter, one of your previous guests, uh, in a session uh, with her Cambridge women's uh, team about two years ago, uh, which which was great, which was enlightening. But I've no experience of, of, of women's rugby, so I wouldn't want to come in and say, cool, we're going to do X and Y, because this is what I assume girls like. Like, I would, I'd like to know, again, what they're like. So don't get me wrong. You know, I think we could go down that route, but I'd like to think that I would have thought more than just about their gender rather than, you know, who they are, I suppose, more so as people and what might resonate with them. Yeah, I mean, that picking up for a second on on you showing a male group of players um, some examples of women's rugby and getting them just to analyse it just as they would do another men's clip. Um Honestly, that's that's really Im- impactful for me, and you probably wouldn't find that at a lot of clubs or in a lot of teams. 
Um, but likewise, picking up on your point, there's a lot that can be shared from men looking at the women's game and the women's game looking at the men's game. Um, I know when I was picking on my theme, so for the last couple of weeks, we did a Shrek theme, um, which was really fun in itself because Shrek is a fun film. But actually, when you look at the characters, there's a lot there that you can impact, that you can make quite meaningful. Um, but I actually went to the ladies that we were that I was coaching at the time and went, look, I'm, I'm really wanting to do stories. I'm really wanting to do themes. This is why I want to do it. What would make the most sense to you? It's got to be fun. And that was my sort of primary emphasis. It's got to be fun. And they all sort of shouted Shrek. Um, and yeah, it is a cracking, it is a cracking film, but there's, there's loads you can unpack from that. So the starter theme we had was onions, uh, so that we could rip out the layers of the theme and unpack it. Um, and then one of the, the next week's themes that we had was dragon. So how could they be more dragon in general and, and fiery? So I'm just sort of wondering, Andy, when you were planning your themes, how did you put it together? How did you chat with maybe your players, chat with your, your co-coaching setup? How, what did those conversations look like? Uh, they were quite simple, really. I mean, I, I sort of had it in my head, the ideas, why I wanted to do it and the thoughts behind it. And I sort of wrapped some ideas after them and think that it would, it would help bring the guys together and give us a bit more focus in training and um and the reason we ended up, I mean, I've, I've not spoken to the whole group yet, as I mentioned before, um, hoping to do that soon. But the ones I have mentioned it to, they really like the idea of, of the boxing because they kind of get the, the thought process of, I mean, you, you watch Exeter play and they do 27 body blows in a row. It's effective, um, but I'd quite like us to do a few jabs, a few uppercuts. And then so we're actually going to start looking at, because we've got... Um, half a dozen or so set players off line out so we can look at which one of those would would be a jab you know which one could we punch our way through the defense which one is a, a, a roundhouse where we need to go around the corners that kind of stuff and it's kind of making them think a little bit outside the box let's not always do the same attack let's all try and do something different to try and mix it up a bit more um, and they were really open to it really receptive and they really thought that it would work well just to give that different mindset. I mean, the other reason I really wanted to start it with a college team was I think they're old enough to get it quite quickly. It's a good test ground for me. Um, and I've also got the issue of there's, well, I've got 68 lads on the books. We get 40 most weeks. Probably two-thirds or three-quarters of those are from two clubs, two local rival clubs who love nothing better than being horrible to each other. So to actually give them someone that will unify them, that will make them try and work together, as opposed to you know, Sundays, they're knocking 10 bars of stuff at each other. But on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, then we're going to come together because now with this boxing team, are we going to go for it? And we're going to do this. And I just thought it kind of gets them away from that, what they're used to at club. I mean, some of the lads, bless them, you can see that some of them are very good at running from this cone to that cone. And then they'll turn left at the yellow cone. And they'll turn right at the green cone move the green cone back four feet and they've got no idea what to do so i want to get them through to the head of okay well let's let's look at you know the the body shots aren't working let's try a couple of jabs and instantly they're going to compute with oh yeah let's try that move instead or 
it's a bit more reactive as well because as Mike Tyson famously said, you know, everyone's got a game plan to get punched in the face. So when we get hit through the line, then they need to react, rebuild the defence, reset themselves and go from that. Um, and the great thing about rugby is it's, yeah, it, it's 35 minutes each way for the lads, but it's um, it's a series of rounds as well. So every time there's a ruck or there's a scrum or there's a line out, we can literally write ding, ding, seconds out, reset, let's get ready to go. Uh, and away we go, come out that corner fighting, and, and away we go. It's just like trying to get them geared up because we've done all right last season, we did okay. But the first sort of five, ten minutes of a game sometimes is a bit, uh, what's going on? Where are we? Where are we? So I just want to get that kind of mindset of let's go for it, let's get up and running, get straight away, and let's not get punched in the face. Um, and again, it sort of relates through to the when we are pinned down, if we kick to clear, then. We don't just kick the ball away, you know. We've got to get up there and get the opponents on the ropes. So it's that kind of mindset there, that sort of mental imagery of let's get that line up there really and keep those guys back on the ropes so they can't come back at us. Um, and it was accepted really, really well. Yeah, so I haven't gone through all of it with all of the players in, in much depth, but I'm hoping I get a similar reaction with the rest of the group. Um, and I am really excited to show it to them. Just, I just need a vaccine. <laughs> or a very big classroom. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I do. I do think the way you're going to use it to create sort of this language that is universal um, to your team, and the way it gets them just to try and think about things different in different ways. Um, you know, I often say one of the things that I've struggled with as a coach that I've been trying to refine is getting players to understand the end point that we're trying to get them to. And often that's in a, a communication fault. I've not used the language that's been able to get through to them. Um, so I have liked the idea of using the themes and the storytelling as creating a universal language that gets rid of that barrier between player and coach and enables everybody to just sort of be in the same room and, and to speak and understand one another. Um, but I think one of the things, if I was being really critical, um, and I've only done the theme for a short time, but if I was being really critical on myself, I'd say I probably haven't gone in deep enough. I've sort of really only dipped my toe in the water of, of using the theme at a session, probably because it's my first time using a theme. Um, we've we've gone sort of full force in some of the sessions and I've designed games around scenes in the film, but then other sessions have been a bit lighter and I probably wish in hindsight that I could have probably just gone full immersed into it um and i'm sort of wondering sharky if you've got any sort of critical reflections on times you've used themes in the past say shackleton or apollo what would you've done differently so with a with apollo we we launched it first with the sort of a, a video uh, about jfk talking about the apollo uh, space program in 1962 so he's that that's basically them setting out that their mission was to beat the russians um to the moon by the end of the, the the 1960s now they were so far behind that was a ridiculous notion and that connected to our idea of we want you to push yourselves a bit harder than what you think because at that stage they were kind of limiting themselves to a win loss you know we want to win every game which is a noble ambition but actually they could have probably done that quite easily um so for me i was saying actually no push yourself a bit harder you know see what you can do so that's how we launched that one the, we didn't actually launch the Shackleton theme. They didn't realize they were in a theme until about three weeks in. They were, I was still talking about Ernest Shackleton. Uh, now, Reese Davies, who I coached with at the HAC, he had been pretty interested in the Apollo stuff and, and, and sort of 
he was quite keen for us to do something. So before Christmas, when we were seeing where we were in the table, he was, listen, what, what kind of theme can we do? So I remember we sat down and I said, listen, I think this might work, uh, the Shackleton theme. So we went away and bought, uh, we bought books on, uh, on Shackleton and over Christmas we read and dived into it and we sort of sketched out what bits of the story w- could resonate with the guys. And, but we never told them. We just, before one of the games after Christmas in January, we just started saying, so our story is a little like Ernest Shackleton. Uh, and then we just kept saying it. Uh, and eventually it all came together when uh, we presented one of the guys with a bottle of whiskey, Shackleton whiskey on his birthday. So on uh, Larry's birthday. Uh, and what we didn't realize at the time, actually, it was only a few days later, we realized it was actually also Ernest Shackleton's birthday. Uh, and we won the game and it was in a storm and it all sort of just sort of came together in this weird sort of moment. So uh, I don't know the best way to <laughs> to launch these things, but I do know that actually, if you're open to it and you know your story well enough, um, you'll find opportunities. So you find out kind of details about some of the characters, some of the people in it. So, for example, this year, our, our theme this year with the HAC is actually uh, based off uh, Ayrton Senna. So I've been wanting to do a Senna theme ever since I really kind of started doing theming. Um, so a lot of our language at the moment is based around pole position and chicanes and whatnot. So we're just trying to embed that in. Now, it's not it's not over the top. I mean, I'm saying that. I don't know. The players might say that they're stifled by uh, all the F1 references and whatnot. But, you know, f- for me, what what I kind of went away and did was I used the because I, I wanted to use the framework which I'd drawn up because I didn't have that framework when I did Apollo. I didn't have that framework when I did Shackleton. So I actually wanted to go, OK, well, now I'm starting from scratch. Here's a story I'm interested in in in, in promoting and kind of yeah, to use. And what's the what's it work like when I work down through the. The, the different steps um, in that framework. What's it look like? And we've come together with something. Now, the one thing we're missing is 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 a kind of season. But for some people, uh, they they would argue that, oh well, actually, you know, there's no point doing, um, you know, a theme this season because you're not playing matches. And I, I understand where they're coming from, but I actually disagree because I think it's actually the thing that might unify them uh, at a time maybe when they need it most. So. If it's going to be a, a long slog, if it's going to be maybe uh, aspects of the game that they they uh, they don't want to do or they're going to struggle with, i.e. If they, if, if they love the physical and they're playing touch and you, you're playing another touch game against a local club, then actually the theme might be the thing that actually gets them through. Um, so hopefully um, some of Senna's magic uh, can resonate for the HAC this year. We'll see. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't actually thought of that. But now, picking up on what you said, actually, I think themes are probably really going to be a, a crucial year to try and unite everybody and bring everybody together. I wanted to go back to um, something I said previously about how I created a couple of games around the Shrek theme, uh, which was probably one of the most, like, if I can be really big-headed for a second, probably one of the proudest moments I had because... I had, it, you know, it's a really simple game. Um, it's just a game of tag, but with a couple of obstacles in there, um, you've got a Shrek and a donkey tagging everyone. That are, everyone else is called the Knights. It's picking up on one one scene in Shrek. Um, but if the Knights knock into the obstacles, they also knock themselves out as well as being tagged. Um, it was it was something really simple. Uh, we created some crazy obstacles, like we had like. Tate going across the play area 
we had a Swiss ball balanced on top of a column. We had tennis balls balanced across places. I had pool noodles. Shout out for the pool noodle. Um, and I, I had real fun creating it, um, but they had real fun taking part in it. I think because they could see I'd have fun like stringing up mad bits of stuff together. Um, but also because they really connected to it. So instead of like, oh, coach is making us play a game of tag. Why are we doing that? Yeah, there's real benefits. I know the benefits of tag to them as players, but they didn't get, you know, they wouldn't get that if I was just going, oh, let's just play a game of tag. But they could connect to it and, and see why it was useful because they'd had fun in the first point and because I'd used the theme to get there. So I'm just curious to see if you've, created or adapted any games um to fit with your theme yes and no um i've got a lot of stuff in my head at the moment so sort of looking on youtube at famous rocky clips and and stuff like that and just thinking about i mean the, there's the old classic you know we get the lads two lads running one side of the pitch and one runs in the other side of the pitch and the two are getting past the one well why can't we do a 1v1 in the middle of four cones with a bit of red tape around it, you know, actually sort of give them the ring. Um, and then, you know, we could put tackle tubes in and let them beat the whatnot out of those. Um, I think, yeah, you, you could, you could look at some sort of skills and drills and stuff that you, you work on um, normally in your training session. I just give it that kind of, that sort of boxing emphasis a little bit more, I don't know what the right word is really. Um, it's a bit more focused and a bit more intent, I suppose. Um, but while also trying to make it a bit fun, um, I love to think of some kind of weightless ball floating about in the middle of an Apollo game. I think that would be brilliant. No idea how you'd do it. That'd be a very long pole and some fishing wire, I'm sure. But it's not bad for a line-out session, is it? I mean, there's, there's things you could do, I'm sure, that would, um, you know, sort of get those working. I mean, I suppose... The, the scrum engage as well. You could even look at the, the one-on-one, the terror power and scrum engage almost as that docking mission as well um, and things like that. So there's just that little nudges all the time towards the different themes. Um, but yeah, for, for me, the, the boxing is going to be like hard, sharp games, um, things that get you past the defender as quickly as possible. Um, and also, conversely, the defender stopping the attacker as quickly as possible. Um it's a shame we haven't got a huge flight of stairs up to the front of college that I could get them all to run up and jump up and down at the top. But um, we've got a very small disabled slope. But <laughs> um, so yeah, I think there are there are ways you could do it without. I think the the only worry there is going over the top. If you could go over the top, I don't know. I mean, Sharky, have you have you done much in that way of sort of adapting the games to to fit in with the theme, or is it just more of those kind of references that you use? It's no, I haven't actually kind of adapted specific games. It's more around the language that we use. You know, I'm an English teacher. So theming was, as I said, theming, I I stumbled across theming because of the project I was doing on masculinity beforehand, because I wanted something to, I was thinking outside of, um, you know, technical and tactical. um, And I wanted to look at just some of the more social and psychological elements. And I thought theming actually was a way to do it. But also I was really interested in, the language we use as a group. So what identifies my group specifically now? So I haven't gone in the, the games route specifically, but um, I, I just think it's really, really cool, Jess, that you created a Shrek game. Now, if, if I ask the sorry now, right, 
the three of us to to write down the 10 phrases we might hear in a rugby coaching session, right? In the English speaking world, we probably get about at least five of each, maybe even higher. Okay. So there's so much in rugby. I think that is so, um, it's like a cookie, uh, cookie cutter, right? Where it's just, we replicate, we pick it up. Like I've played and coached in Australia, in England and in Ireland, and they're saying the same stuff in many, many cases. There, 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 are, there are other differences, but in many cases, they're the same. What I think is really, really cool, Jess, about your game is that no one else was playing a Shrek game. No one else in, in rugby was playing a Shrek game. And if they were, what an incredible coincidence uh, that they managed to set up the exact game like that. So I think that's really, really cool. Just to go back to why is it, Jess, that you're using a Shrek theme? Like, what is it that you're that you wanted, like that you picked it, and how do you think it's going to help you with what you want to achieve beyond just engagement? If that makes sense, and I, and I understand that engagement could actually be the could be the focus. It was definitely engagement and enjoyment. I picked. I, I wanted to work with a theme at the time when we didn't know was rugby going to return soonish. Was it? Was it not? Um, were we actually going to be able to play competitive touch games? I, I didn't know. And uh, I was aware that I was really having fun with the constraints that had been passed down to us from the RFU. Like, I was really having fun testing my boundaries as a coach, but that enjoyment probably wasn't being felt by the players, probably because they're not going through the same thought process I am about planning the session. They just turn up, rock up and and, and take part in it. So I wanted to try and create a higher enjoyment factor so that even if we were doing almost, you know, thinking about the stage B, if we were doing sort of a, a cookie cutter type approach of session where everything looked a little samey, but there was some variance in there, there would still be that enjoyment. Um, but I also had some feedback from some of the players last year that made me change how I approach stuff and it sort of fed into me picking the theme. So around winter last year, we had some feedback that suggested that the players were having fun during the session, but I wasn't conveying the reasons why we were doing stuff. Um, and if from coaching women's rugby, there's a higher level of why than there is in men's just purely because we're different. So women always want to know the why and the extra why and the why behind the why, because they're naturally just a bit inquisitive before you get to it. Um, so I probably wasn't explaining myself well prior to the session. I wasn't setting the expectations down for the players. Um, I had a whiteboard in the changing room and I was writing down the session in the changing room, but it was really like coach jargony. Um, on reflection that was one of the things I looked back of I was like yeah I can understand that but that's because I've got coaching qualifications and that's that's my jargon that's like my second language the players probably turned up and looked at that and went looked at all this writing and went what is that I'm not even going to bother to read it even though I was all color-coded it and it was all pretty um, so I changed what I was doing and I went we had a couple of themes in the in the training session that was it and it might be like contact positioning and that might we might do that sort of stuff in a skill zone and we might do that sort of stuff in a game. And another theme might be like spatial awareness or catch pass. So we'd have a couple of themes of the training session and that would be all that was written up so that they go, okay, I know this week we're doing spatial awareness and catch pass. Um, and so they could go sort of tick in their minds and they knew what to expect. Um, so I, I guess the sort of seed was planted at that bit that I needed to make sure 
through all of the stage B's and C's and D's that I was still conveying the purpose of the session across. Um, and we were having some difficulties with getting across culture. So I, I really wanted to embed culture in the team. We've got people from different age groups. We've got people that were just about to go off to university. So at the younger end of the spectrum, we've got mums who've got two kids and were working a full-time job and all of the all of the sort of issues that they were facing. And we've got people in the middle at university, people just coming out of university. So we were a real mixed bag as a team. I wanted to make sure we were having culture that were unifying us. So I sent around a survey going, pick some culture pillars. But that response to the survey was really half-hearted. People weren't engaging with it. So it was really sort of a long build-up, really. I thought, well, why aren't people engaging with the survey? Well, it's probably the same reason that I needed to put in the bottled-down themes. People aren't getting my purpose, and they're not understanding. Um, and so when I suggested the idea of themes, I was really glad that the players suggested Shrek, because actually I think Shrek and the characters within it are really impactful. So you've got an ogre is like an onion. They've got layers. But actually people are like layers, and sometimes somebody may not connect at training because there's something happening two layers down that's have really affected them. Um, and then the character of, of Princess Fiona, she's just like a complete badass, you know, and she goes through this journey where she can kung fu fight people that are trying to rob stuff off her. So there are lots of things if you want to really unpick the film culture-wise that actually I really wanted to identify with and try and convey that across to the team. Yeah, I think that's... Um you're tying therefore together a lot into your theme and I think that's what it can do so it pushes even beyond the engagement of your players in sessions but it's actually refining your uh, language that you're using um, you're, and you're able to translate that through a theme and you're, you're able to create something pretty unique and I think that's pretty um, that's pretty special and as I said I, like I don't know of anyone else who would be playing that game and if if they are what an incredible, as I said, coincidence that they're doing that. And um, for me to kind of scale this up to, let's say, uh, you know, a professional team or something like that. Um, the way I actually view um, theming is that I think it can be a form. Um, it can be a form of psychological periodization where basically you're trying to get players to a certain mindset for a game or for a session or something like that. We're actually a bit like tactical periodization where you're thinking about who you're playing and what what your week might look like. Your theme can actually, if it's well thought out enough and it's it's flexible enough and you know the story well enough, that you can apply um, stories and a, a, a theme or a story to that week that might really tailor to who you're playing. Um, so I think it can I think it can move up and down that scale. And I think you can engage young people and people maybe new to the game, or you can refine bits of your own practice. And at the same uh, end of it, I think it can be pretty exciting to explore, actually, how does this help us really achieve the aims we want as, as, a, as a team, as individuals, as a club? Um, so I think that's the thing that really excites me about it. Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, to me, boxing's a, a, an easy one, easy, inverted commas, um, just to kind of get the team up and rolling. I'd love to do Apollo 13, because to me, there are so many areas within that. I mean, we um, co the college teams obviously vary as you know with the sort of university size and stuff, depending on the students you've got at the time. So last year we came up against a team that was full of county players, um, so that could be our oxygen tanks blown. 
So how are we going to fix it this week? How are we going to work on it to make sure our oxygen tank doesn't blow? How do you get around it? How do we fix it? And there's so many steps in that Apollo 13 story. Uh, and also, obviously, because we've got so many lads involved, I can only take 23 to a cup game. So if you then think back to sort of mission control, yeah, I can be the Gene Krantz in my white waistcoat. Um, my co-coach, Nick, he can be Capcom, you know, getting the message back to the players. And now I've got all these other, the communications, the satellite, the engines, the all these different other consoles sat around mission control. They've all got the vital parts of play to get those guys in that module there and back. So I've got 23 on the pitch. I've got 30 or potentially 20, 30, maybe even 40 lads not involved. But what part can they play to make a successful mission? Um, so I, I'm really excited at that prospect. And that the reason I didn't go with Apollo 13 this year is I didn't think I could do it justice. Hadn't taken COVID into account, I have to say. Um, so I probably got a few more months than I thought. But um, I mean, a couple of things you said, Sharky, that I'm probably going to start introducing the box. I wanted to sit everybody down and just sort of talk them through the plan. But I think I'm going to start introducing it sooner than that now, just to kind of get the ball rolling. But I'm really excited at the concept of doing something like Apollo, just because there's so many facets to the story, so many you, people involved. You could- so, sorry, you could. Um, you've just made me think of uh, Apollo thirteen. You know the story about Ken Mattingly, who gets Absolutely. left behind. Absolutely. So if Which there's guys who don't quite make it, but actually Ken Mattingly's his story doesn't end when he doesn't get on the on the flight. He actually helps them get back. So yeah, without him, that's would definitely something it. you can link back. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, um, and I think you've said it before. I mean, you'd sit in front of a load of. I mean, if I sat in front of them all tomorrow at college and said, right. Who's Michael Collins? No one's going to know who he is. Everybody will know Neil Armstrong. They'll all know Buzz Aldrin. But nobody knows the guy who sat orbiting the moon and actually got them back. Um, so I think, yeah, as you say, it's that, I mean, Ken Mattingly is a perfect example of the, the guy who's, I mean, it might be someone that's just done their, it might be a flanker that's done their knee a week before in training. You can become a vital, even if he's just trotting on and off with a water bottle, you know, it's still that vital part of the team. Uh, to drive us all forward. So, yeah, I think something like that, I'm very excited at the prospect of the Apollos. Um, but I've just got to get, I want to get the boxing going first. <laughs> sorry, just on that, why is it exactly, uh, sorry, same, uh, sorry, I asked Jess this earlier and I think it's important um, because if you don't know why, your players are going to ask you at some stage. So it's definitely something coach should do. So why boxing? Why does boxing appeal to you and why do you think it's going to resonate with the people that are in front of you uh, i think it's going to appeal a lot to a load of under 18 year old lads who will quickly i think they'll just quickly pick up on the concept i mean i've done some graphics so i said like our our line out play um we've got one that uh, we throw the the ball gets thrown to the, the the lifting pod who then drop it down to number eight who bursts through in between two pots so to me, that's straight away, that's a jab. Um, we've got another one where the, the hooker will will fake a maul and the hooker will just pop, take a pop pass and run around the corner. So to me, that's a you know, that's more of a, a, a wider punch. And it's just trying to get them to think differently around how we can attack instead of just trying to do same, 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 same. Like line out, do that, line out, do that. It's more like, okay, we did that one last time. We need to do something different this time. So I've actually titled at the top of the graphic where I've got the, the Kiwi, one of our line outs. Um, there's actually a picture and it's actually titled Jab. So the ones that 
we're going to agree that the reason I want to sit down really in the classroom is we're just going to run through these graphics of the different places, right? Which ones do you think is a jab? Which one is a body punch? Which is a, an uppercut? Which is a knockout blow? And then kind of transfer that as well to the defence side of it, the technical knockout side of the defence, you know? Who takes the main tackle? Who's the cover? Who's the outside man? And sort of work it through so that everybody knows their role within it and we're all talking that same kind of language. So um, if... I don't know. Maybe I say I've got these these two lo local clubs. I've got Eastley and the Trojans. So if e Eastley have got a guard on a rock and Trojans have got a, a bodyguard, we've moved away from that conversation because we've we've just got our TKO. So while we're playing that game, it's just going to kind of simplify that. So in the middle of a game, when they see something happening, and it's it's the same again that they they've been they're a great bunch of lads and there's some really really good players in there, but you can see that they've been taught that when there's a ruck. You stand there, you stand there, you stand there. But they're not always taking in what's in front of them. So the fact that there might be, the ball might be going, the receivers might be up short, they might be deep, they might be wide, but they're still sort of in the same place because this is where coaches always told me to stand. So if we can go into that, you know, again, back to the Mike Tyson, it's going to be a great body plan, yeah, great plan until you get punched in the face. So they've got to be ready for that punch in the face and make sure that they're ready to dodge it. So they're ready to move the defence out. If they need to slide out a bit wider, they can. But it's just getting that kind of uniform mindset, as it were, just to get them all thinking on that same tangent and working together. That's that's my view of the box. I just think it's quite a, it's quite a quick and easy one. I think Apollo, while it'd be fantastic, I've got to tell, bearing in mind they're 18, you know, I vaguely remember this black and white grainy image of something drifting across a very, very small television set years ago. But to most of them, I've got to probably educate them all into even maybe even Neil Armstrong is, you know, let alone Jim Lovell, you know. So <laughs> it's that kind of being ahead of the curve before we even introduce the, the theme. I mean, if I just say um, Auntie Joshua, then, you know, they're, they're away straight away. To me, anyway, in my mindset, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> or, or, or Katie Taylor, of course. Of course. <laughs> I will say I think it's opportunity missed if you don't have some sort of create some sort of game where you've got to put constraints on people so you've got like a group of of bees and they can only sting in a forwards direction and then you've got like a group of butterflies and they can only float in a different direction I'm just trying to think like what type of game absolutely, absolutely. In connect yeah, all that kind of stuff all that kind of stuff just yeah you're just getting ahead around and then I keep saying this to the lads that it's your game I'm the facilitator. I know we've sort of talked about this in other circles that just a facilitator of the game and I want you guys to make sure that you enjoy your rugby as much as possible. So I'm hoping that the leadership group, once we actually get it sorted, um, I've got a few lads involved already, but once that's kind of finished and they're happy with the setup, then I'm hoping that they're going to come and say, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do the other? Um, I mean, my, my proudest moment of last season was our last practice before our one of our we played the the Shield Cup final, Bold Cup final, one of the cup finals in Hampshire. I can't remember what trophy we won. That's ridiculous. Um, but they, they all the backs came trying to. We were just getting our lineups right, and the backs all came around. Can we show you a river dance? And this is play they come up with. I mean, it looked hilarious. So if you might, right, I've got to run you through it now. So it's a scrum between the posts, preferably inside their twenty-two all of the backs in a dead straight line behind the scrum, right? So you're 10 stood with his arms crossed. And if you're going to the right, he's tapping his right foot. 
we go to the left, he's tucking his left foot. He's standing very Michael Flatley, Riverdance kind of pose. And as soon as that ball comes out, they all just fan out and go and run. I mean, we didn't score off it. We got close. But to me, the fact that they came to me and said, can I show you this play? Can we use it in the final? Happy days, you know? So I'm hoping they're going to come to me and say, right, if we're going to do on boxing, can we do this next time? Can we do that? Can we do that? And actually get them to kind of engage and take the ownership of it. Uh, and for them to be Mickey with the funny hat and the funny nose, you know, it's, um, I'll be very happy if that happens. Very happy. Maybe, maybe a river dance theme could work. I'm just saying. <sighs> hey, <laughs> we've got green and blue kit. We're halfway there. Yeah, yeah, yeah why not? Yeah. <laughs> right. So we've, we've identified that, that Andy, you're either going to do river dance or Apollo. Uh, Sharky, is there is there a theme you've always been wanting to do, but you've not found the right team or, or moment with that team where it all aligns? Is there anything you're like, or anything you've spotted recently where you're like, yeah, I really want to do a theme with that when the time is right? So I um, I had sketched out uh, a Barbarians theme um, where you would look at the history of the Barbarians and you would look at so, so a big thing for me that's I think re- what's really, really important when I deal with, because as I said, I, like I deal in stories every day and you're always looking for, and I, I'm that painful English teacher who kind of says, no, 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 but what does this mean? Or, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm deliberately doing that. So I can't switch that off, unfortunately, when I watch TV or when I'm reading books. So I'm always trying to, even if it's a story or a person they know or they've heard of, I'm going to try and find something they haven't heard of and put it in front of them. So for me with the barbarians, they're going to be familiar with the concept, but do they know how it was set up? Do they know that the there was the first women's barbarians team, you know, two, three years ago in Munster? Uh, do they know, you know, uh, the traditions behind those or some of the ways in which you can connect the, the group in front of you? So that's that's one that I was looking at uh, maybe to do. Um, there's actually one that kind of came to me. I'd actually love to do an Olympics theme. I've always been absolutely obsessed with the Olympics and um, it's weird. I was thinking of it last night, but just there's, there's so much that can connect to it. And, and for me, the other thing about the, the other thing about theming is that, and I won't steer away from it is if there's something in the character of the individual that actually isn't like, there's so much about the Olympics that actually is so hideously corrupt that rather than pretend that, Oh, isn't it all fantastic? Actually, let's talk about that. So it's not to say that the theme is perfect or it's some sort of paragon of virtue or some sort of, you know, this person is ideal. Like some, like some of the, some of the boxers and, and whatnot and the people again, that you might talk about, there's lots you might like about them in the ring, but outside the ring, you might be like, this person's, you know, not necessarily someone I'd like to, you know, uh, be, you know, hold up as a role model. So for me with, with the Olympics, I think it'd be interesting to look at the likes of, you could talk about the history, you know, with Jesse Owens or whatnot. Um, the one that jumped to my mind was actually Kerry Strug um, in 1996, Atlanta, who hurt her ankle on the second last um, landing in the team event for the for the women's US team. And she had to go again, even though she was injured. So for me, that's showing a, a, you know an awful lot of resilience. Now, at the same, uh, you could also talk about uh, Nadia Kamechi, the, the perfect 10 uh, Romanian gymnast and whatnot. And you could look at these things. But with both of those, if I was looking at those, and especially if I was doing it with a, a like a, a younger age group, I would be talking to them about, you know, maybe some of the issues that gymnastics has faced at the moment, just to make them aware of the issues rather than going like, oh, wow, that's fantastic. Like there's definitely aspects of, of, of sports in the Olympics and, and the sports that we play that like I think you can 
rather than say like, oh no, we can't do that because that person's done this. I'd say, well, actually there's lots of this person's character we can promote, but let's not avoid this. Let's bring it out and say, this is a part of their character we don't want to emulate and that we think isn't uh, you know, acceptable or doesn't fit with who we are, but we can still talk about them in, in other avenues, I think. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's really, and I think it's really important when you're identifying, I think going back to what I was saying about wanting to implement a culture for that team and finding Shrek as a way through to do that. Um, in the unsuccessful survey I sent out, um, I got them to identify or I asked questions about them identifying what cultures they wouldn't find of value in a team or what things in a workplace culture they wouldn't find of value. So sometimes I, I wanted to try and navigate part of our culture conversation through identifying ones that we didn't like as well as ones that we liked. Um, and I wanted to, now I'm trying to do that, or I was trying to do that through the, the Shrek theme as the survey wasn't really um, hitting, hitting the mark. Um, but I'm also just wondering, Andy, if you can't do Apollo and you can't do Riverdance, although I really want you to do Riverdance now, what? <laughs> we'll I'll pray. send you the videos, don't worry. I'll send you the videos. <laughs> <laughs> what theme have you always wanted to do? I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, it might be because I'm working from home at the moment and I'm literally doing nothing but binge watching RuPaul's Drag Race that I kind of <laughs> want to do a RuPaul, a RuPaul's Drag Race theme. Um, and there's lots of characters you can unpick with that. And there's sort of the history of like the drag family and you're making your own family, much like the rugby is your own family. So I'm kind of toying with that at the moment as a maybe. What's your sort of maybe theme, Andy? Well, when I, so I listened to Sharky on another pod um, and sort of crawled all over his website, which I highly recommend. Um, a story that stuck out to me is the Band of Brothers. Um, these guys, obviously, they had to go to war. Um, having read the book, the Stephen Ambrose book, which is based on, as the, the TV series is based on actual interviews with all of the main characters and then kind of averaged across them all. So it's a pretty accurate representation of what happened. The fact that they, they signed up for the most dangerous option in warfare, as in a paratrooper, knowing that the guy they're going to be stood next to would have done the same because they wanted to be the best and they were willing to take that extra step to be the extra mile and a couple of them to earn a, a couple of extra dollars. Um, I mean, that says a lot, the fact that they put themselves forward. And then as you get into the story, obviously the, the warfare is not always something you want to promote, but it's just that the resilience of the, the squad and uh, Dick Winters going from a, quite a low rank you know, when his commanding officer gets killed, he has to take over. Um, right in the heat of battle and then laying down and covering fire in this whole new kind of strategy that never been used before which is now actually taught at West Point as a standard covering fire technique you know he's kind of paved the way for these new techniques these new ways to to win war so if you can kind of get that mindset into a the rugby club of, into a rugby team of we do this together you know we've signed up for this together we've come up you've put your name down on my register to be in my college rugby team. Let's get out there and let's fight for each other. Let's make it work together. Um, and let's look at different ways we can do things, better ways we can do things, things that other clubs would be jealous of, things that you want to take back to your club and say, yeah, coach, look what I did at college on Wednesday. Um, I think Band of Brothers would be absolutely fantastic. Um, I've no idea where to start with it. But, <laughs> but, 
but I think it's just it's just such an incredible story. I think it, it's it's so moving as well because it is so true, and the fact that they actually do interview the vets at the end of each episode has an extra element to it. So I think it's almost it'd be quite nice because it's in the episodes we actually get right lads this is what we're going to be doing this year and between now and next session you need to watch episode one and then we can go and watch episode two and then we can look at the battle of um, baston and stuff like that and then work of again we sort of go back to how would you use a theme to adapt for a big game well being sat in a foxhole with no food no jacket no clothes no support surrounded by germans shelling the, the whatnot out of you that's some resilience you know if we can get that element into a team i think it'd be brilliant that that would be my goal ultimate goal i might even have to get my band of brothers hat out you could um so you know at the start of the series when their uh their motto is curahi which is the mountain five miles up five miles yeah. down and i'm not suggesting you, you start your session a theme with a 10 mile run up a mountain but five, five laps one way five laps the other i don't know you could find some sort of some sort of thing that unites them or you show them now you might want to explain why you're doing it or why not what not but i don't know you need to find your version of curry if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna link to it um uh, but yeah i just think it's an incredibly rich story uh from what i gather um so scott robertson is often the the person that people talk about in, ter- in, in terms of theming but actually he got it from wayne smith and wayne smith i'm pretty sure has run a band of brothers theme before um, now he linked it to the the Shakespeare line, uh, the the Henry the the fifth line, and then goes into the story. So um, I think you're in a, you'd be following in some pretty cool footsteps. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't realize that about Wayne Smith. I am googling it as soon as we finish. Yeah, no, do do. <laughs> I will do. Uh, cheers, sir. So I've just got a, a couple of questions left. I just want to. I'm really keen um, to sort of help coaches who are thinking about themes particularly as we sort of probably explored and identified this COVID weird season might be the season to try a theme. Apart from identifying the why, um, what are your sort of key guides to help a coach that's wanting to do themes for the first time? Um, Andy, as you're sort of at the start of it, what would your recommendations for being right at the start of a theme be? Um, I, th- I think you need to, as well as thinking about what it could do for your team i think you also need to think about how you can involve other people um i mean shark and i sort of we bounced a few messages back and forth on twitter a while ago uh, and the recommendation came back for listening to 13 minutes to the moon the bbc world service podcast which is mind-blowing because it really does it makes you aware of yeah there's there's gene cranston's white white suit his, his white waistcoat I say it properly. Um, and then there's Capcom and there's all these other teams there. And then they've all got their backroom teams. And this, as they're coming in to land on the moon, this message comes up on the screen that they've never seen before. It's an error message they've never seen before. 1202, 1202. And no one's got a clue what it means. But within 15 seconds, all of these teams have solved the problem. So it just gives you that real understanding of how important the structure is and everybody working for that common goal um i I thought that was brilliant this is why i'm so determined to do something with apollo i'm halfway through the second series which is apollo 13 um but yeah i certainly have a listen to that and again plug in sharky's website and there's some great bits on there about theming um and i'm trying to think it's great white sharky.wordpress.com 
it came to me. Um, well worth a read. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It just gives you a real good uh, sort of overview of what a thing could do to you. But I think, yeah, that listening to that podcast really made me realise that while we all admire um, Johnny May running 40 metres down the wing and sliding in to score against Wales in the corner, uh, other nations are available. Um, the whole, everybody that's sat up in the stands or not even at the ground that's been involved in that, getting Johnny to that corner is phenomenal and it kind of fits in with that structure. So yeah, I definitely have a, a read around some, a listen to those kind of things and, and a read of a, a few kind of big stories like that. I think it's, that would really help. Certainly give you the mindset of what a theme could give you and how it could help bring a team together. Quite how you then decide on the topic. Again, like we said at the start, it's really what's got to work for your team and what would resonate with them. Um, you're going to know your team better than anybody else. So I guess you, you could, uh, as you touched on Sharky, you could, you could take a theme and dial it up or dial it down. So I guess everybody could do an Apollo 11 and just use the relevant parts for their team, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'd definitely encourage you to sort of take that mindset and then look at what would work for your guys, definitely. Yeah, Ace, I think, um, Sharky, I'm going to come to you in a second, but I think if you don't hire Andy as your new PR man, you are <laughs> the amount of times he's plugged your website in this pod. It's outrageous. You get a 10, 10% cut. That's my that's my final <laughs> offer. <laughs> um, so sorry, just just my, my two bits on that. Um, yeah, thank, thank you, Andy, for your kind, your kind words. Uh, the uh, the kind of framework I put together um, back last April when our season was finishing and I, I completed two themes and I just thought, well, I've written up both of these experiences of, of Apollo and Shackleton uh, in a couple of articles, but actually what's it like if you're starting from scratch? So that might be useful for coaches just to consider um, some of those things. So I'm not going to talk about the content of, of that too much, um, but the, the, the kind of two things I will say is that I came across a line in a book I was reading about uh, captaincy in the Ryder Cup. And in it, it says, um, you know, teams are often at their best when they're playing for an, for an idea. So if we can give them that idea, we can find that thing that's going to drive them together. Then I think you can get a lot out of them. So that, that, that's, that's one thing that definitely stands out to me in, in terms of themes. And the second one I'm going to say, and this is sort of a, a strange one to say, because it might also suggest that um, like... <laughs> I, I was again, Anna Stotter and myself were chatting on Twitter there uh, a, few, uh, a week or two ago. And I was saying that I was thinking of uh, creating a coaching company called Panacea and just seeing whether anyone would uh, would hire me. Um, just the idea of, you know, or golden bullets or, you know, silver bullets or whatever, you know, metal bullet uh, that's meant to be the cure or the, the answer to everyone's sort of problems. But w with that in mind, I, I do think it's important to think that you, you should think about why you're doing theming. And if it's not going to help you or you don't think it's going to work, then don't do it. Like if, if it's a if, if the three of us are, you know, uh, you know, preaching the gospel of theming and someone listens to it and it doesn't quite click with them, don't do it. Like, you know, there are lots of ways to coach and lots of other ways in which to do this. So the story I'll leave you with or uh, kind of around my, my, my reflections off on this was uh, this idea of a there was this press officer who used to watch this uh, boxer for years and years. Um, and he was watching for about three or four years. And every time he'd go to his fight, he would see the boxer just before he went out to, to box. He would do a sign of the cross every single time that he went to, he went to box. And so after a few years, the, um, the press officer just managed to say to him, going, listen, I've been watching your fights for years. And every single time you fight, 
you bless yourself. You, you make a sign of the cross. Do you think it helps? And the boxer turns at him dead right in the eye and says, oh, absolutely, 100%. But it helps if you can box. So ultimately, teaming will only take you so far. And it, it, if it's not going to help you with your aims and you should consider those aims, uh, then, then don't do it. Like, um, you can bless yourself as much as you want, but if you can't box, you're getting knocked out. It, that, that, that's what's going to happen. Uh, ultimately, as much as you might may wish for divine inspiration. So teaming can only do so much. Uh, and again, there will be there will be definitely people who will criticize it for being a fad or whatnot. Um, I think you can make it, you can create long lasting um, things out of themes and you can bring a group together in a pretty unique way uh, in a sport that is becoming quite homogenous, uh, I would argue. So I think there's lots you can get out of it. But People could argue it is a fad. It could be uh, if you let it, um, but definitely think about why you're doing it. It's so important. Yeah, massively. I think um, just to kind of to sum that up or to pick up on your summary, I think if we're if there's somebody listening to this and they think we're just sort of um, trying to convert everybody to using themes all of the time, um, that wouldn't be my takeaway from using themes. Um, it's just something else to have in your toolbox to call upon. Um, and it certainly contributed to my style and my philosophy of coaching. But again, I wouldn't say it's a one size fits all scenario. It might not work for, for somebody else. It's really worked for me and it's really worked for that team. But me somewhere else with a different team, it might not work. Um, but I just want to end with a bit of a, hopefully, to get you to think outside the box a little bit and sort of imagine it in the future. If we're still using themes 30 years from now on the pitch, what mad technology or ways do you think we're trying to incorporate the theme? I want to go really super sci-fi with you guys. We can have like cover boards, teleportation. How are you using themes in coaching 30 years from now? VR headsets or VR, VR projections on the inside of contact lenses. No, I, I've no idea. I, it's, it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same, just more relevant stories. That's a boring answer, but that's a, that's a tricky one. Whether it's maybe augmented reality, where we're sort of wearing some sort of headset, where we're able to interact or be part of the stories, maybe closer. I don't know. That might be a way to uh, to digest a story or to take a story on board, uh, which could be useful. But it is interesting, uh, Jesse. Ask about you know in thirty years' time, because so many times uh, I've had. I've had a lot of conversation with coaches about theming uh, and <laughs> over the last couple of months, and I've learned a hell of a lot from them and as, as I have from you guys um, about what you're doing and what suits. And a question I often get asked is now that you've done it and you've had like some elements of success. And what I mean by success is, is that, you know, it was a schoolboy team where they seemed to enjoy it and they seemed to like it. And it was a men's team that we were trying not to get relegated and they didn't seem to hate it that much. Uh, so that's what I mean by success. But with that in mind, they kind of said, well, now that you've done it and you've had, you know, it's gone how it's gone. Is it something you're going to continue to do in your practice? Now, for me, I'm eager to continue to explore it, but I have to have to be, you know, sharp enough to go. If it doesn't work, then I need to I, I need to leave it now. Um, as I as I kind of say this, I'm literally sitting in front of some of the totems from the Senna one, where we've got these Senna mugs and stuff like that uh, that we're presenting for Man of the Match and whatnot. So 
Um, I think if the lads get a, a get a mug to take home at the end of a match, they're pretty pleased. So they don't care what I'm talking about then. Everyone loves stash in whatever form. Whatever <laughs> form. That's the main takeaway from tonight. Everyone loves stash. Um, amazing. Uh, thank you, my guests. I think hopefully we've recapped and, and delved into theming and answered some questions. I know we've probably uh, helped me reflect on some of my theming stuff. And I know, Andy, you're sort of keen to get going on your theming. So this is probably a really useful pod for you to join in on. But I hope it's useful for other people out there who are maybe wanting to do theming. And as I think I already said, this year might be the year of the theme. Instead of the year of the COVID, it might be the year of the theme in terms of coaching. Um, so I'll end on that note. But I just want to say thank you, Andy. Thanks, Jess. Good chat and And thank you, Sharky. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate the chat. And thanks, guys.